I'm going to intro this episode. Okay. That is what I've decided. It's a good decision. You know what we should do before that, though, is sync. Oh, you're entirely right. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's It's been a week. I understand, buddy. Okay, let's sync. The show where I think it's time we blow the scene. I'm just having your host, Joe, and joining me is Travis. Hey, what's up, Joe? <laughs> you motherfucker. I gotta do it, man. I, I, Joe? Joe, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Super awesome. Thanks for asking. How are you? <laughs> I am working entirely too much and am completely exhausted as I speak right now. <laughs> but I'm in good spirits, so... <laughs> Yeah, we watched something good today. <laughs> I still, it, it always still throws me off that a lot of the time I don't get episode one. <laughs> like, the, that is just, oh, you don't need the beginning of a story. <laughs> just mad limit. It's fine. You don't need the beginning. You need to see where all the cool shit happens. You don't need context for anything. It really makes you feel like you're you're in the middle of the ocean, just trying to figure out what's going on. You don't know which direction to go. <laughs> but speaking of not starting at episode one, what what did we watch today? Today, we watched Cowboy Bebop, episode five, Ballad of Fallen Angels? Yep. Nailed it. Because, Travis, I don't know if you know, but when angels fall from heaven, they become devils. I didn't know, but then... <laughs> um, Sid Vicious told you? That's not Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious had more (laughs) notes to his character. (laughs) And less swords. You're not wrong on both counts. So yeah, we're we're finally doing it. We're finally watching Cowboy Bebop. I know that from the time that that show existed, I had people cult-like telling me, you need to watch this show. Which is immediately why I did not watch the show. I mean, that's a reason enough. Like, that's the only reason you haven't watched JoJo's is because I'm so vehement about it. Uh, I have watched some JoJo's, and that's also one of the reasons I haven't watched the rest of the JoJo's. (laughs) That is also fair. Pull one out for part five. Uh, So yeah, should we actually talk about this show? Uh, Probably not the worst idea, being that that is supposed to be the the general focus and theme of this particular episode. (laughs) We're writing a paper right now. Oh, we'd be getting points docked. No, we're just padding out word count. (laughs) Double space. (laughs) So we begin with probably the most famous anime opening of all time. Was this your first time, like, watching it all the way through? Um, yeah, I want to say it is. And the opening is, like, the animation or the images don't really strike me, but that song, buddy, that song is rad. It's real good. It's really, really fucking good. Yeah, uh, the, the actual opening images reminds me of a lot of 70s cartoons, and that's probably just because a lot of 70s cartoons, like uh, like a Johnny Quest and whatnot, used to have rad jazz openings. So that's probably why my brain's associating the two. Yeah, it also has that kind of like, we're going to flash some colors as well as just like, here's the characters doing their character thing. Solid color frames, uh several of them within the, 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 the shot, you know, each in a different color. It, it has a very 70s vibe to it. So we begin in a meeting in a high rise with a capo from the Red Dragon Clan talking to presumably another crime boss. He, he doesn't get named. He doesn't. He's just uh, like sleazy crime boss in white suit, number four. <laughs> But yeah, they're basically forming an alliance because the age of 
crime mafia bosses is over, I suppose? Something like that. I think they just decided if they became one giant criminal organization rather than murder each other actively, there was maybe more money in it. Yeah, they could get more work done. Yeah. It's more efficient that way. Teamwork makes the dream work, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that they're just playing into like, hey, here is like mafia tropes. Yes, my food that my chef makes is to die for. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I, I like is like, as he's getting up, he's like, next time you have to stay for dinner, it won't be poisoned, I promise. If anyone tells me, I promise you the food is not poisoned, I am immediately <laughs> suspicious that the food is poisoned. Because that is not how normal people talk. <laughs> that is definitely the normal reaction to have. Good. Uh, I thought it was. I, maybe there's some outliers that are like, no, that guy's trustworthy. I'm going to eat that food. <laughs> so, yeah, the nondescript mafioso leaves in his ship, and we come to learn that the capo's name, the Red Dragon capo, is named Mao Yenrai, and he's basically musing like, oh god, I can finally get some fucking sleep. Right. Everything's going to be chill now. And then the ship that the nondescript guy was leaving in explodes. And we get a bird call. And here's everyone's first OC. It's like, hey, I'm not Sephiroth. Yeah. Um, he's not named quite yet in this. But him and several other nondescript... You know, the mafia guys seem to dress in a weird uniform uh, in this episode. That I mean... I think that anonymity would be one of the pluses to running a crime syndicate, but apparently not, because those guys definitely have a uniform. They look like the guards from several Final Fantasy. uh... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they have like almost somewhere between a trench coat and a fucking cape. That is the outfits they have chosen to do their work in. It is a less flashy ringleader's coat. Yes, yeah, it's like, it's goth ringleader. Go watch The Black Parade uh, (laughs) by My Chemical Romance, the video, and report back, and you'll know all about how the mafia dresses in the world of Cowboy Bebop. Yep, yep. So, (laughs) Mao gets sliced somewhere. Yeah, they show a a good amount of blood. Mm -hmm. I thought it was his throat at first, because there was definitely a blade by his throat. But then he says something. Yeah. So I'm guessing not the throat. Or like, you know, it's the throat and they're using anime logic of like, oh, he gets to croak out his last words, irrespective of where he was slashed. Right. When you're dying, you get you get one one sentiment that you can express to the world before you, you shuffle off this uh, mortal coil. Yeah. And his last words are, if Spike were here, you wouldn't have done this. I don't know if that's... True. (laughs) No one does at this point in the show. (laughs) Well, you don't. Well, you've watched the whole series, Joe. You're coming from... I know. ...the perspective of, I saw all of it. I'm guessing episode five, Joe, probably didn't know either. Well, up until now, like, basically, Spike has been, hey, I'm just a cocky piece of shit who's really good at slight hand murdering people. Spike... All right. Um, is that where the cards come into? Does he just always have cards around uh, for like sleight of hand reasons? Yeah. So the next scene is like them talking about this bounty that Mao has on him. And we get introduced to like the three main characters or the three crewmates currently. And like cards have been a theme. There was a whole gambling episode, but they're usually associated with Faye. But yeah, like, cards, sleight of hand, like, it's a thing that Spike does, is like, he does sleight of hand shit. Oh shit, now I like Spike more, because I also do something. (laughs) Look, he's he's a tricksy boy. So he's got to be like, one of your favorites then. You love tricksy boys that are cocky assholes. I, I really like Spike. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I know your brand, Joe. You can't (laughs) run from me anymore, I know it. Look, I have a type. I actually have several types, but... You know. Variety is the spice of life in your anime boy. Look, there's a silverhead murder in this show as well, like fucking If only he could date hands. (laughs) 
If only he could date hands and had personality. Oops. Um, yeah. Hmm. So we initially get introduced to like Jet and Spike, the old, bitter, gay, married couple that they are. If you guys have never seen this, which I've, I'm impressed if you haven't, because apparently I was the last one. <laughs> That's it. No, they really do play as an old gay couple. They just bicker at each other and like passive aggressively like snark. <laughs> yeah, it's like they have this bounty for Mao, which is like 28 million Wulong, which I think it's just space yen. Right, it, it's space dollars, yen, whatever. It's monies of some sort, who cares? Jet's super against going against a shoot crime boss. Uh, and he's like, hey, Spike, why, why are you doing this thing that's obviously going to get you killed? And Spike says, hey, how'd, how'd you fuck your arm up? Yep. And of course we don't learn why. Of course not. Neither one of them's going to give a satisfaction of answering each, either question. Yep. This is just a game of chicken where they're going to stare and hate fuck each other with their eyes. <laughs> You're not entirely wrong. I know. I, th- I think I got their number. Yeah. One episode. That's all it took. And then Faye shows up. She's a character in this show. Is she? She's a plot device in this show. More accurate. Mm. <laughs> when we were, we were discussing this show a little bit before we got on mic, one of my biggest problems with this episode, I was like, Joe, uh, Faye, uh, as a character, is more of an object than a person? <laughs> Not tripping my feminist trigger real hard here. No, no. Like, Faye is... Well, Faye is Faye. She is just... She is an item that allows the story to happen occasionally. She's got a MacGuffin that they applied a little bit of j- jiggle physics to. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's rough. It's real rough in this, in this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Only really realized it on, like, Maybe the fifth time I've watched this episode this week. <laughs> That's when it occurred to you? Eh, somewhere around like the second and third. I usually don't pay attention to Faye because it's, it's Faye. Because she's not a character. She's a plot device. <laughs> <laughs> so Spike leaves to go and capture this bounty. And Faye antagonizes Jet some more and says men are babies. Which, you know... She's not entirely wrong. That was the one moment I was kind of in her corner. I was like, <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> Guys could be assholes. Yeah. Uh, Jet storms out. She picks up a card and then gets a call with a tip about Mao Yenrai. And it is the Ace of Spades because of course it is. Yeah, of course. You know, like if that were Tarot, Joe, what would the Ace of Spades be? In this exact situation, what would the Tarot be? I do believe Ace of Spades lines up with death. Death doesn't really work in this circumstance. But for Tarot, death can just be change, man. Yeah, death is change, which means, like, Faye would have to change. Which, nope, doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, she does change into a different outfit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, there we go. We're on, we're on the same wavelength. Uh, so, the, for the first and only time this episode, we get a bit of Cowboy Bebop's famed jazz soundtrack. For the, the literal shortest amount of time. Yeah, Faye, Faye gets doled up to go to an opera house. Can I say, as far as character designs go, though, I really enjoy the character designs of this. Like, the world is very weird. I'm not sure where the style is exactly, because it's all over the goddamn place, really. <laughs> like, I'm trying... He's... He's drawn from so many different places that I have a hard time going, this is roughly analogous to this period. And I understand it's future because space travel and all that. But normally, you know, you have like an overarching. No, this is just like pull from everywhere. So it's really weird. Yeah. Cup of Bebop is kind of a weird amalgam of a bunch of different themes. Like there is the obvious kind of cowboy western aesthetic with bounty hunters it's in the name joe it, it's in the name uh there's also like a lot of asian uh influence obviously that mostly kind of comes from they kind of put things onto planets like 
Earth is a ruined mess, which, you know, honestly, we're not that far off. Ah, so they foresaw the Trump presidency. <laughs> I see. On Earth, everyone lives underground, and the people that branched out into different planets kind of put their own take onto those planets. That's why some scenes are a jumble. It's like, and this is like a reference for nobody else, Cowboy Bebop is like Malifaux. Okay, that speaks that speaks hard to me, hard to you. Literally to no one else. <laughs> um, but on, like, on character designs and the way they kind of hold themselves, Spike has a very distinctive walk. Jet has like a character design that kind of tells you a lot just by looking at him, and Faye has an outfit that's like, I'm sexy. Yep, yeah, uh, that's, that's what I got from this episode. Yeah, Jed is just the retire or the one day from retirement cop. I'm too old for this shit guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's super like banged up. He's got a thing over his eye. He has a metal fucking arm. You know, I know that I'd never get the response, but like if I were Jet and it was like, "How do you lose the arm, Jet?" I would have been a dick and been like, "Masturbation concept- contest in '86." I'm just leaving it at that. I would improv a whole different story every time I was asked the question. I was about to say, do you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Faye gets into the opera house and like walks up to a concierge who has a very distinctive voice, and I kind of love it. And does the worst like deception I've ever seen, but like Nat 20 deception, anything happens. She's just like, Oh, I don't have a ticket, but if you don't let me in. He's going to be very upset. That's right. That person. Yeah, she names a, a seat. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Mao Yin, right? Shh. Just park my shitty beat up spaceship. Yeah. So then we cut to a can of Pipu. <laughs> <laughs> I really noticed that. And it, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I'm like, okay, that is legally distinct from Pepsi. <laughs> So yeah, there's just a little bit here with Jet, like, hey, I'm going to hack into this thing and find out something important, and then we cut away to, and this is not hyperbole, my favorite rendition of Ave Maria ever. Yeah, um, I don't think I appreciated it the way I should have, because I was just like, but where's the fucking jazz? Yeah. <laughs> That's everything I know about this is jazz. <laughs> and no jazz, Joe, no jazz. There wasn't that much jazz. No. We've covered all of it until we get to the credits. I'm basically just going to now send you, hey, here's the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. Listen to it forever. Okay. I can do that. When I'm in my jazz moods, it'll be that and Hugh Laurie. Yes. <laughs> or, I don't know if you've heard um, Jeff Goldblum's jazz album. Is, is that a real fucking thing? That's a real thing. It's very good. I am learning as you are listening to this, uh, folks. <laughs> and my, I can't picture him as a jazz man because he's just too fucking weird. I think that's why he's good as a jazz man. His entire life is improv? Yeah, he is jazz personified. Nice. I'm going to have to look that up. But anyways, back to this episode. <laughs> hey! Uh, yeah, so Faye gets led into the box, and it's very suspicious, and then a man puts a gun to her back, because Faye is captured now! Suspicion increases. <laughs> I love how they keep telling her, just be quiet and enjoy the performance. As you sit next to a corpse. Yes. For ambiance. So then we cut away to a corner shop, where two kids are stealing porn, because in the future... The internet does not exist? Yeah. <laughs> There is only magazines, occasionally found in stores, or behind a log in a forest. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Good old naturally occurring forest porn. <laughs> so the shopkeep chases the two kids out, and one of them bumps into Spike, who uses sleight of hand to take the porn book from him, and is just like, huh, this is a lady. Yep. We learn the shopkeep's name is Anna a bit later on, but Anna is very shocked to see Spike alive. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that that one. There's questions. There's questions it asks. It does not answer. Yes, it does not. Of all of the things that this episode does for the first time in Cowboy Bebop, like you know, involve the main plot, we've gotten kind of a 
Spike joking about, oh, I was killed by a woman once, but it's like, there's not really magic in this. There's science, kind of. Kind of pseudoscience. Uh, yeah, and I mean, along with the Western themes, there's a lot of noir themes, so I was not expecting high fantasy at all. <laughs> or at least there's a lot of noir feels. Yeah. So there's a reoccurring, like, Native American spirit walker character? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> That's a really weird poll. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could smoke enough pot to write this. <laughs> it's a lot of genres and themes thrown into each other. I see that. It was like, you know, let's just take our arm and run down the shelf and whatever falls into the basket, <laughs> that's going to be part of our story. Yeah. So Anna knows Mao and knows that he is dead and is drinking a lot for his death. And we find out that, yep, Mao is in his box seat. He's done been murdered. Well, oh God, it's so good. Yeah. I want to go back to she's drinking a lot, though, <laughs> because this anime apparently does not understand, like, even when you're drinking a lot, you don't pour yourself like a juice glass full of whiskey. And then just slam it down. And then just like, boom, gone. No one does that. There's only tragedy down that road. Uh-huh. For enough money on the Patreon, we will do an episode where we do that before we review it. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I will not do that for any amount of money. Spike does say, <laughs> like, it's bad for your health to drink it all in one go. It's bad for your health to drink that much. A juice glass. And... Trust me, there's not just one consumed during... I don't know how she's speaking coherent sentences by the time they get to the end of their conversation. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll talk about the performance later, but I do, like, she she doesn't over-the-top slur, but she does, like, introduce, like, a little bit of, like, gobbling her words a bit. It's, like, really, uh -huh. really well done. Yeah, it's it's not bad, but, like, no, that was a juice glass full of... How much do you drink every day if that's how you can maintain when you're heavy drinking... <laughs> Juice glasses is full of whiskey. She only drinks it when crime bosses die, so... Uh, I only drink when I'm awake. That's my secret. That's my secret. I'm never awake. God, I wish. <laughs> wow, dark. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm real tired, man. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, so, in the box, like, vicious monologues like Kingdom Hearts character uh, and then face like, hey, whomst? And he says, vicious. No, she asked like who you are, not what your general persona is. And your demeanor and the, the entirety of your character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's all in shadow and it's uh... Yeah. Do you remember the goth kid that tried too hard when you were growing up? It's that kid, except he never grew up and he just bought a cooler sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember someone exactly just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> was it you, Gerald? <laughs> I'm not going to say it was. You're not going to say it wasn't either, though, are you? We've talked about my love of Edgar Allan Poe enough that you should get various clues. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, this appears to be a clue. <laughs> But instead of talking about my life as a sad goth kid, uh, hey, it's the middle of the episode. Can I get some pictures of you as a sad goth kid? I, I want it in my life, Joe. Uh-oh, the music sting happened. We're talking about the Patreon now. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> So, if you would like to support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash WTF Anime Show and sign up for various levels that get you various bonus content. Such as, Travis, what did we do recently? Uh, we watched a movie that slowly sucked the <laughs> life out of both of us, and I think it shows on the recording. <laughs> because we both sound so tired, like, we're still feeling the effects of that fucking movie. It, oh, it, come pay us money so we can review this so that you don't ever have to watch it. Uh, <laughs> it 
And by that I mean the live action Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, it's not good. Mm, no. Mm-mm. Also, we have finished our first full series of view uh, of Death Parade, and that was that was a time. It was. It's in the can. I'm sad to see it go because, huh, it's a good, it's a good show. Unlike the live action movies we've watched. <laughs> and also, if you are a backer on Patreon, you can send us questions to answer during this mid episode break. So we do have one such question. Ooh. I don't know how much Travis's input is going to be on this, but I guess we'll find out. I can improv, baby. Uh, so this is from Becky Scott, and they ask, what are your thoughts of the American live-action remake now that you've watched it? The character I'm most worried about in the adaptation is Ed, and if they will gender them like in the dub. Okay. This, this show seems like you could actually do it, and it's not going to be terrible maybe question mark yeah i mean honestly my opinion on the live action is that it's going to happen because capitalism right it's not going to affect at all my love of this series it's just going to be a thing that exists i might watch it i don't know john cho the guy they've got to play spike i'm like super here for uh i'm actually there you go, Travis. Right, we we will we will check the cast. Yeah, so I just sent you a picture. Okay, I I don't think those are bad casting choices. I could I could see them matching up. I don't know who the fourth guy is going to be. I don't know either. I've got the first three. I was questioning, but I don't know all the characters from this show. The first three, I'm like, okay, yeah, I met those guys. That's Spike Jet and Faye for sure. The other guy, I don't know. They're adding a new character that's just the guy that hangs out on the couch. <laughs> that's him. Let's see if this article has any more information about it. Oh, he's going to play Vicious. Okay. We're going to need a wig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I think I read a article that said they were changing Ayn from, like, from a corgi to like a husky. I don't know if that's still a thing, but you know. Oh, okay. I, I, I am. I'm here for Corgi still. I'm sorry. I, I am Team Corgi. I'm, I'm hella Team Corgi. My main problem with a American live action wouldn't be like, here are the people we're gonna get to play, and you know, people having problems with that. My main issue would also, like, I would echo Becky Scott's. Like, I'm very worried about Ed because I fucking love Edward Wong, how Pepelutivruski the third. That's that's it. Like it's not very entertaining, but my feelings are basically it's gonna happen eventually. My my feeling on anything live action from anime, from what I've come to discover, is it's like any time they want to make a video game movie, I'm immediately <laughs> nervous because I might love that video game. I'm probably not gonna love the movie. I mean, there has been one good video game movie, and a few passable ones. So hopefully, this is passable at least. Yeah, you hope upon hope that it's a good one. Secondary holdout, it's passable, but you're probably betting on not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the realist in you is really going, ooh, this is going to be trash. Mm. So thank you once again for your question, Beth Scott. Uh, I think we should get back into the beep boop. Let's go. Anna basically arms Spike with, here's a gun and here's a bunch of bullets. That lady is dangerous. <laughs> she drinks heavily and has ready access to firearms. I don't know what she does besides run a shop, but she's going to murder someone on a long enough timeline. I'm just telling you. Well, she's very clearly also connected to, oh, I don't know, the Chinese mafia. She's the mob mom. It's fine. <laughs> Like, the, the corner shop is basically, like, a safe house. So, I have to ask a question. Because Spike went there to get armed. Mm -hmm. Now, Spike is a bounty hunter, right? Yes. And we see him back at the ship dumping out, like, a garbage bag full of grenades. Yeah, it's like a brown paper bag, like, you get, you get from a store. Did that also come from there? Like, 
I don't understand as a bounty hunter why he he has to go find weaponry and is not got weaponry already for job reasons. So the way I always took this scene, because they're very meticulous about loading the gun in the like corner shop scene, I think it's Anna like not directly saying it, but kind of considering like here kill the person who killed Mal with this gun, because then I had a hand in it. Maybe? My my only other thought is that maybe the weapons he has when he's doing regular bounty hunter work are registered and fine, and this is mm. this is an unregistered weapon that's less traceable. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's also a possibility. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, I just saw that, I was like, why... You're a bounty hunter, right? <laughs> you hunt bounties. Keyword hunt. So something Travis doesn't know about this show is up until now, they have never successfully hunted a bounty. That's amazing. They're a ragtag bunch <laughs> of failures. They're so bad at their jobs. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we learn where Spike keeps his weaponry and grenades. In the fridge. I love it. Well, Joe, you don't want your guns to go bad. (laughs) You've got to check the sell-by date. And, like, best before is usually just kind of a suggestion. Before you fire it, you really want to get your nose in there and make sure that it's not got an off (laughs) smell to it, really. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we have, like, this scene of him getting armed up, and he's just, like, idly trailing a gun around the ship. And points it directly at Jet, who's like, Hey, I told you already that this is a bad idea. To illustrate this, I'm going to tell you how I lost my arm. I was an idiot once. That's how I lost my arm. Thank you for the reveal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, as a former cop, you'd think that he'd say, You really shouldn't point (laughs) guns at people. Because you did tell me he was a former cop. Yeah. (laughs) you'd think there'd be at least a little bit of like hey asshole try not to point a live weapon at me especially if we're in a spaceship like holes kind of fuck everything up decompression's a bitch i'll tell you it didn't happen in this uh in this episode but one of my favorite things that like constantly happens in cowboy bebop is them flying through space in a spaceship and they're just smoking cigarettes on board it's like, that's gotta be bad recycled air. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Oof. Man, uh, you thought it was the smell coming from the rotten guns, but no, it's just <laughs> how it smells here all the time. I also love how in this scene, like, because we're also doing noir, inside their spaceship they have a ceiling fan. Like an old-timey ceiling fan. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not more cigarette smoking in this show, to be fair. It's just this one episode where it doesn't happen, which is weird. So you gave me the non-smoking, non-jazz episode, Joe. I know you've quit smoking recently. You, uh, Yeah, it's been a while now. We both have, so, you know, yeah, that's a whole go thing. go us. We're not going to die as quick, although we still have the desire to a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're still inexorably moving to the sweet release of death. Um, so I love how Spike gets all armored up and, like, has a bunch of grenades and a bunch of guns, and then Faye, like, telephones in and says, hey, this is the place you need to go, because Spike didn't know beforehand. He's a shitty bounty hunter. Well, I think the trick to hunting bounties and finding where you need to go might be any modicum of of investigation whatsoever, (laughs) which either it's assumed or he did none. Because, uh, yep. Nah, man, luck and circumstance. That's how you get bounties. He went to the Han Solo school of hunting bounties, huh? (laughs) Yeah. He was just like, I'm just going to be a dick and hang out with a gun. Seems to work out so far. Look, there's there's a big thing about luck in this. There is that phrase, it's it's better to be lucky than skilled. (laughs) Yeah. There's also, like, a big theme in this episode that, like, Spike says a couple of times, well, my past is chasing up to me. That's why I have to do this thing. Yep. Oh, a debt. Yep. So, yeah, Faye, Faye gets telephoned in and is like, hey, I'm at this church and I've been captured. Good thing I was captured or else you would never have found the killer. Right? I'm MacGuffining at you very hard right now. 
Mm-hmm. Come, let me be a plot device to move the story story forward. Because Lord knows you're not going to do the work to find out where you need to go. <laughs> yeah, and hey, rain starts playing as Spike walks towards a rundown church, and the fucking lighting in this like whole scene is incredible. Like it's all like in shadow, but like light streaming through stained glass windows. We see a couple shots of Vicious looking as edgy as possible, holding a sword. There was a lot of crow vibes coming from that church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spike walks in, like, and Vicious does the line of, like, hey, by the way, Fallen Angels, right? Remember the episode title? Yeah, I do. Angels, when they're cast out from heaven, become devils. Mm-hmm. I, be- I believe that was the exact line. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Vicious is pretty eloquent, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and real smart. He's so smart, you guys. Or just vicious. Or just like an edgy piece of shit. Right. I want to recast him as just a Pokemon that can just say his name to try to express himself. He is a Kingdom Hearts character. He knows heart, darkness, and memories. That's it. Those are the only words he can say. That's fair. <laughs> so, one of his goons is like, hey, I've got, I've got this girl. I've got my gun to her head. I'm going to shoot her if you don't put the gun away. There should be some tension here, but there kind of isn't. Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking with Joe about this earlier. The, the whole next series of events seems like it's trying to tell you a little something about Spike in that once he's got his goal in mind, he's just going to slowly and exact. Uh, uh, I can't talk because I'm tired, Joe. Inexorably? Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> you knew what I was going for. I've said it once already. It's my word of the day. It's on my calendar too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's just going to slowly uh, march towards his goal and get to it. It doesn't matter the chaos that's going on, going on around him. So uh, the next few action scenes, there's definitely action, but you don't get the sense of franticness that you often feel from watching an action scene yeah it's it's interesting like you having this one episode because like all of spike's fight scenes are always kind of like frenetic and he he fights in in the like he moves like a dancer but also there's a bit of like drunken master in there it's a really interesting like fighting style that they've translated into animation but in this, like, Spike has a goal, and there's no, like, there's no smile on his face. He's just like, okay, I have this thing I need to do. That's what I'm doing. Time to pay the bills. Yes. Or the debts. So, Faye escapes, uh, not without several boob jiggles of bullets flying near her. Yep. And people falling from balconies almost directly onto her. Uh, and then, yeah, there's, like, a lot of explosions and idiots getting murked. and. We have the greatest showdown of our time. Impractical Katana versus Gun. Yeah. I said this to you before. I love this fight. It's so stupid. It doesn't work. It's peak anime. I pointed it out to you uh, before you even met. I'm like, Vicious, not much a strategist. (laughs) He has a theme and he sticks to it, okay? He's very all in. (laughs) Like, he committed. And 100%, this is what I do now. Mm -hmm. Somehow, Vicious wins this fight. Like, they both get hurt. Vicious gets shot in the shoulder and Spike gets stabbed. And then uh, Vicious yeets him out of a window, uh, but not before Spike can pull the Joseph Joestar's trick and throw a grenade behind him. Yeah. As he falls out of a fucking stained glass window on the top level of a church. Yeah. And then a montage happens. Actually, this is probably one of my favorite bits in the whole thing, because the shot of him slow falling as he's... I'm assuming this is supposed to be his light flashing before his eyes a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And, you know, they'll go memory, and then looking up at hole in stained glass window and shards of glass falling at him as he is slowly descending to the ground. What I love about it is it's like shards of glass falling down. One of them will glint and then memory. So it's like the stained glass is reflecting his past upon him. 
one line I totally forgot, and I love this line. Uh, Vicious says something about, like, you should see yourself right now. You look like a wild animal. And Spike says, oh, don't worry. I bled all that blood away. And Vicious goes, then why are you still alive? That's some real dumb dialogue. That's <laughs> so good. I love it. I, I did notice it. When I was like, I double taked. Uh, <laughs> when when the, I was like, no, everyone's told me this is like the best thing ever. And that's a line in here. <laughs> So, so Travis, what do you remember from the flashback? And maybe was it similar to anything that happens a bit later? Well, I remember, uh, let's see, flashbacks of a, a fight scene, basically, uh, where, where a spike gets real jacked up. He's wandering around wounded, passes out on the ground. Uh, there's some shots of a girl that we don't know. Or that I don't know. I don't know if everybody else does. Again, one through four, didn't see him. This is not the first sighting of this girl. We'll talk about it in a second. That's fair. Uh, Spike passing out from what I presume is blood loss and or just trauma in general. Uh, Him waking up with the girl taking care of him and him asking her to sing for him. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I'm missing. Uh, we got a butt framed in a shot at one point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so some of the shots are in sepia tone, and they seem to be much more positive memories. Then there's a bunch of stuff in grayscale, occasional colors like red from a rose, like uh, muzzle flashes, that sort of thing. Oh, that's true. They 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 gave it like a a weird bit of uh, like like a Schindler's List where they color the roses for no reason. Well, no, not no reason, obviously. Let's not let's not talk about Schindler's List. That's <laughs> good movie, but not today. Yeah. So, like, some of the shots that are in grayscale are him wading, like, chain smoking with some roses. Him getting shot a lot, like a lot, and blowing stuff up. Mm-hmm. And the uh, sepia tone stuff is all this one girl, except for one scene where the girl is lying in bed with Vicious, and that is in grayscale. Oh shit. It's a whole thing. It is a whole thing, now that you uh, have gone back and painstakingly <laughs> reviewed all the important points. <laughs> mm-hmm. The last bit is the sepia tone with um, Spike being fucked up, and this girl singing for him, and then we cut from that to Spike being fucked up, and Faye singing to him. Yep, and apparently Spike's immortal. <laughs> I'm thinking because I saw how tall they drew that church. <laughs> After being shot at one point, stabbed yep. minutes later, and then thrown out of, I'm going to say that, probably at least four stories it looked like it it was a tall ass church yeah give or take he's a goddamn immortal (laughs) spike cannot die well he died once before no he didn't it was just a break (laughs) um so normal like the main crew being antagonistic towards each other resume with spike saying hey by the way you sing off key Faye does a hurt to him and Jet walks in and looks at the camera and shrugs and says, it's a living. And then we roll credits. Yeah, I can't believe he did a Flintstone. (laughs) It's so weird. Like, it's entirely incongruous with the rest of the show. It's a living. Well, before we quite get into the credits, like, Spike picks up the first card on his head. And of course, it's the Ace of Spades. So, of course, then we get to the ending. I don't know how much of it you watched, but this has been consistently the ending for all of the episodes prior. So they have already shown you what has happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did you think of the song first? The song kicked ass. I, I was like, mm-hmm. sweet, we get we get a little bit more like a jazzy... The horns in that song remind me so much of a band I used to love and is unfortunately broken up now, Rock, Rocket from the Crypt. They're a little more punky, or Scott... I don't know what to call Rocket from the Crypt. They used to tour with Rancid, <laughs> that's all I know. But yeah, th- th- that rich brass sound. I was like, oh yeah, 
I, I, I dug on the horns. Oh, it's, a, it's a fucking good song. So the visuals, what did, what did you kind of pull from there? You know, I got lost in the song. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. That's fair. And at this point, you said this has just been on repeat anyways. A lot of the times I'm not paying huge amounts of attention to the credit sequences just because a lot of them are stock standard and they're not trying to do anything there, but roll the credits. Yeah, yeah. There's like a select few shows that really do stuff with their endings. This one in particular, everything I just like talked about from Spike falling out of a fucking window, like him flashing back to that, is in this ending, and it has been there since episode one. Ah. Fucking love it. So, I mean, if that's what they've been barraging you with the whole time, or they were viewing that, or, or, or trying to hint at that Spike is a tortured boy that is constantly reviewing these key moments in his life? He is a bit of a tortured boy who has a lot of issues with guilt and his entire past. Huh, like he keeps reviewing key moments in his life where he wish he had acted differently. Yeah, weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that was that was Cowboy Bebop. I liked a Cowboy Bebop. I did. Like, when I actually sat down and watched an episode rather than, like, it was on while other things were happening and whatnot, uh, not bad. Or maybe maybe it's just because... I've got better tuned anime eyes now, if I want to put it that way. Either way, uh, I'd be interested to see the rest of this show. Maybe that's a future Patreon uh, series review, huh? huh? Mm. Maybe, maybe it'll go into a poll. Obviously, it's just one episode, but it's been something that has been in like the anime lexicon for so long that I feel like a lot of people get so overhyped with Cowboy Bebop. Like, it's just, hey, this is the greatest thing ever. And it's pretty fucking good, but its biggest hallmark was, like, bridging a gap from impenetrable, very Japanese anime to Shinichiro Watanabe deciding, hey, I'm gonna make a very, very Western-influenced anime. Try to court the Western markets. Yeah, yeah, and it fucking worked. Like I said earlier, one of the reasons why I didn't watch it when it was first coming out is because I had people that were hyping at me that much. And when I when somebody does that and they're like, you have to watch this, mm -hmm. I I don't know why, but I immediately go, no, no, I really <laughs> don't watch. I'm not going to. Your passion and saying that this is something I must see before I die. Mm, yeah, I. I can get that. It's the reason why I've watched exactly one half of an episode because I was in the room <laughs> while somebody else was watching it of Doctor Who. <laughs> Too many people have hyped a Doctor Who at me, and then I was like, "Nope, no Doctor Who. I will go. I will go to my grave." This is not anime related at all, but like I used to be very in that camp. But I really like Peter Capaldi, so I've watched his stuff. That's fair. I'm not going to judge anybody if they enjoy something. Yeah, Doctor Who, kind of like bad and boring in some moments. And then Peter Capaldi acts, and it's very good. That's been WTF anime, Doctor Who. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that, and that is all we have to say about that. Yeah, so, Travis. Oh heck, is it that time? Well, hell, yes, it is that time. All right. Next time on WTF anime. So, I think we should do another Shinichiro Watanabe anime. Okay, that's cool. What are we doing, man? I think we should watch episode one of Samurai Champloo. Now, you've already kind of given me a little bit of a primer on this one, like, where this guy basically takes a musical style and then a blender of themes, and that is show. Yeah. <laughs> and you showed me, like, a little intro bit, so I'm kind of super down for some Samurai Champloo. Yeah, some hippity hoppin samurai hell yeah so i guess uh now we know that it would be time for some business joe you want to hit him yeah here we go let's see if i fuck this up because i'm so tired so if you would like to follow the show on twitter we are there at wtf anime show if you'd like to send us any recommend yeah there, I did there it. it is if you would like to send us any recommendations you can reach out to us via our email 
at gmail.com. And if you have the time, please consider leaving us a rating review on wherever you get your podcast from. It helps other people find this dumb show that we do. And I can always and forever be found on Twitter at the Joe Hadfield Travis. All right. Uh, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can hit me at Dicelover, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And again, I don't run the WTF anime uh, handle, so tag us both. Uh, that said, if you like what we do here and you want to listen to more of our content, uh, we work with the Lost Libraries. Uh, specifically, uh, we uh, do actual play. Uh, one of Monster of the Week, which is Grayscales. Joe and I are both players over there. And then Joe uh, runs a masks game for us. You want to you wanna hit, hit him some little details of that? Yeah, I run a masks game in name only. We barely apply the system. We are currently in, when this episode goes out, we are currently in the penultimate issue of season one of Fifth Watch. We're coming to an end. And boy, has it been a journey. It has been. And... You know, you were talking about barely engaging in the system. I think I've rolled dice less than five times. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I guess the only other thing I, I want to close out and say is, if you like what we do here, uh, consider telling a friend. Tell a friend. Have them listen. Spread the gospel. Yeah, throw this stupid, dumb show of two idiots talking at someone and say, hey, this is a thing that I enjoy. Yeah. If you enjoy it, you know. Tell them it's the best thing ever so they actively resist ever listening to it. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> I mean, that is that is a thing you guys could do. But yes, thank you guys so much for listening, and... Bye! Bang.